0: Use visuals in a way that are going to draw attention but not distract from what you're saying. Limit your text, but bring in images and imagery that will help your audience to really connect to what it is that you're saying without taking away from it and without having it be the only thing they have to see. It's a presentation. We want to hear you and we want them to have something to connect to as you're talking about the thing that you're talking about. That could be a lot of different ways to do that. There's no one way that is correct, but, Make sure it works for your audience and in the circumstances you are in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. Welcome to The Visual Lounge, where we talk about visuals, images, videos, for the workplace. So, today we are going to be talking about visuals for better presentations. Why that topic? It is one that is important because at some point, you're probably gonna have to give a presentation, gonna have to communicate something, show something, and visuals in terms of presentations, particularly PowerPoint, are really important to to start to think about. How can you make those better? How can you make a better presentation that's more impactful and gonna have the impact you want? So, with that said, let's go ahead and dive in. So, a little bit of just kind of updates here in terms of the format of the show. We're gonna go through a couple standard questions with everybody, and I'll try to do this for myself as much as possible and as much as it makes sense, and then we'll get into some meat of it. So, first of all, I just wanna share, how did I get involved with starting using more visuals? Well. As you probably know, I've been at TechSmith here for a long time. But one of the things that I've started doing is speaking at events. And some of my first presentations were pretty typical. Lots of text, lots of information, but they didn't really convey the message. And what I found is, is that really good presenters, people that I admired, people that I thought did a good job, they had slides that were much more impactful because the visuals not only kind of fed into the story that they were telling, but it also intrigued me. It drew me in and they limited certain things like they limited the amount of text. So I think uh, for me, it was really being uh, forced to say, I want to be a better presenter. I want to be someone who can give a good presentation and and also be known for having good slides. And so I've worked on it. I don't know that I'm there yet, but it's something I've definitely been working on and I think a lot about as I go out and speak to various organizations, groups, uh, associations, things like that. So I think it's just something that we have to learn. And I think what I've found is as my slides get better at drawing attention, gathering interest, it also sets some other things that we'll talk about in terms of like uh, anchoring and getting people to associate certain things together. So how do we define success for this? Well, I think success is going to look different depending on your desired outcome. You know, there are times when I'm making a presentation that's for internal company use, maybe it's just for my team, and I'm not spending a lot of time on those, to be honest. I might be throwing some words up, I might be finding some images, but what I don't want to do is spend so much time on designing my presentation that I I lose track of kind of the expediency of the message. And so I think in that case, less visually designed, more slapped together, less polished is fine. My team understands that's what I'm doing. They're not expecting that kind of perfection. I think there are times you still want to do that in an internal message. You're going to go all company. It's it's for a big reason. You're going for a promotion, whatever it might be. There's reasons to do that. But success looks different, I think, from a lot of internal communication. than from external communication, again, presentations, maybe you're working on a a sales pitch to a client or customer, and you're going to really want to make sure that you're you're honing in. So I think it's gonna depend. But really, success is does my presentation, do the visuals in my presentation allow me to be successful at the thing that I want to convey? Am I conveying that more clearly and better? And so you'll have to decide for yourself whether that do that whether you're able to do that uh, and your visuals do that. But I, I think that's what you're looking for. Like, did my audience receive the thing that I wanted them to receive in the way that I wanted them to receive it. And if not, your visuals didn't work. And there is no right, I don't think there's a right, like, hey, only use these types of visuals, only use images, only use drawings, only use whatever. There's, I don't think that's right. I think you've got to find your style, your organization's brand guideline style and meet within those. And then if you do that, the good news is I think you can be successful. So last of our kind of set questions here, we're gonna ask every guest these again. I think it's gonna be really cool to get all these different types of answers, similar types of questions. The next question is, what's one tip I could give you to improve using images or videos in your work? Well, first, I think my one tip that I would give is make sure you're being thoughtful and creative about those images. Oftentimes we wanna go to kind of the 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 base simple, like this is the symbol or the representation. So, for instance, if we're talking about an agreement, an agreement, you might get a visual. It's easy to think, let's do handshakes. That means an agreement. But are there other visuals that you could use to help convey that that maybe are less cliche? And also, uh, you know, you don't have to use cheesy stock photography. I'm not about cheesy stock photography. It's out there. I think some of it can be very good for its time and place. However, I think you can be creative about how you're making that connection because remember, if everyone uses the handshake uh, photograph and you see it, all, people are seeing that all the time, of course there's a connection there, but I think you can make a unique kind of to you connection with something a little bit unique. So try to be a little bit uh, different about your slides. Don't go crazy. You still want it to make sense, you know, Um, but I think you can be, take a perspective saying like, hey, let's, what else can we do to make this to stand out and and hit home? Now there is a risk in that. And and this tip is one, I hesitated for a second because the risk is, is you get too crazy. What does a dancing bear have to do with that topic? If you got a dancing bear or some kind of weird other thing, it, it might be like, hey, that's a trigger. There was a dancing bear, but if it really doesn't, it's not on point to like, yeah, I see the connection and the audience is like really struggling with that. I think that's a risk. So so do be creative, think about, really think about your visuals, try some different things, uh, but also be careful that you don't go swing the pendulum so far the other way that it's like, I have no idea what that presentation was out about based on the pictures. And we'll talk about this in in a few minutes, but I think one of the things to realize is that I'm gonna recommend, you don't have a lot of text. So that image is carrying some of the weight of the visual memory saying like, oh yeah, there was a picture with uh, the lobster on top of the cage and the lobster was bright color and everything else was gray. That's an actual slide I have. Uh, And so you you can start to think about like, okay, is that going to help them remember it? Is it going to stand out enough? Or, you know, do they need something a little bit more, a little bit, you know, more memorable, or maybe they need something just more kind of common. So there's lots of balance here. There is no one perfect solution. Okay, with that said, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second, and we'll be back at it. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the quick interruption. I just wanted to tell you about two things. One, we'd love to have you subscribe to the show. Go ahead and click the bell if you're on YouTube. If you are on your favorite podcasting app, make sure we're into your feed so you never miss another episode. And two, in the show, we're talking about visuals. So I'd recommend go check out TechSmith Assets. If you haven't seen TechSmith Assets before, they are so awesome, so many great things in there. Not only can you get stock photos, stock music that you can use royalty-free, there's also images, there are particular assets that work really well in Camtasia and Snagit. Stamps and custom intros, lower thirds, all those things to make a really great image or video or presentation. So go ahead again, check out TechSmith Assets. that's at library.techsmith.com or you can find it through Camtasia and Snagit. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. So today we are going to continue our conversation about visuals and in presentations in particular. So again, I mentioned earlier that I I give, I don't know how many presentations each year. A lot of them uh, I've built out slide decks. We're going to take a look at a couple here, just one or two of them, just to give you an idea of my style, what I think works. Again, I'm not advocating that this is what you should do. I'm just trying to say... Here's some options that you have, and if you're listening to the podcast, you can go watch over on YouTube, go to YouTube, the visual, just search for the visual lounge on YouTube. We've got our channel there. Um, But first, before we jump into that, again, I want to just emphasize why visuals are so important. Think about when you're giving a presentation, whether it's virtual or you're in person, that presentation, is sort of a primary display in the room, right? And and physically, it is a display, but when like Zoom, if you ever notice, it makes the presentation or a screen share the main thing. And then it pushes everybody off into small little boxes so you can't see their faces. And in real life, if you're given a presentation in a, a physical room, Obviously you're there walking around talking, you've got a microphone probably. So a little bit different, but you know, what you're doing is you're using these visuals to guide your audience through the conversation that you're having with them. Maybe you're invoking emotion, or maybe you're trying to get them to question things, but but primarily you're getting them to say, okay, this is a visual cue to say, I know what we're talking about here, or okay, I'm gonna represent this image with what we're talking about. So it's, it becomes a, a kind of a milestone goalpost kind of along the way to say like, yep, this is what we're talking about. And it keeps them kind of as a mental organizer. Now, as a presenter, I use that all the time because when I give a 50 minute conversation without notes, it's is really tough. And so I need something to guide me like, oh yeah, what was the next point? Because one, I'm just, I'm human and I need those kind of, points to help me remember what to talk about. But two, it becomes a way that I don't miss something that I, I, I knew at one point when I was preparing that that was really important. And so it helps guide me along the way, as much as it helps guide your audience. And it needs to do both. Now, if I had to choose though, if I had to break it down and say, you could only pick one of those purposes, guide the speaker or guide the audience. Here's what I would probably say. I'd say, drop the slides, use it to guide me. So it's just in front of me and then engage with the audience more. Get them talking, get them doing other things. And and that might sound counterintuitive to our conversation today, but I think it's really important to, to understand that visuals have a dual purpose to help you. And, and one of the things we're gonna try to do is we are going to try to eliminate as much text from our slides as possible. So let me just give you a sense of what this might look like. Let's go over here to, uh, this is a, a slide here. Actually, I'm gonna go to a different PowerPoint presentation because I want to show this one first. Um, what you can see here is I've got, uh, this is a title slide, so not that big of a deal, but let's go down to here. So in this particular image, you see I've got three words, two huge problems. As a mental organizer, when I prepared and I've gone through this, I know what those two problems are. My audience does not know what those two problems are. But what I don't want to do on the slide is write out what the two problems are. Now, there might be a place to, to reemphasize each Individual problem on its own slide. That might be a thing you choose to do. But I'm not really focusing on, in this presentation, I'm not really focusing on the problem. I'm really focusing on solutions. And so, you know, you want to think about like, okay, what is this going to say? But again, you don't want to have a lot of text. Now, here's another slide. A few more words. We need viewers to start watching some. That's one of the problems, right? So, we're now defining that problem for them. It's it's pretty easy. It stands out. Um, But again, not a lot of information like, well, why is that a problem? I'm not answering those questions on the slide. That's what I'm going to talk to. That's the presentation portion. This is the slides, right? And so what you want to do is start thinking about how do you eliminate text? What we see is a lot of times people are making these presentations and they are putting walls of text. And inevitably, here's what's going to happen when that happens. One, the presenter is going to feel compelled to read which is on the slides. They're just going to start reading them, which for most people, they can do that themselves. They don't need the presenter to read the text to them. The other thing is, and if you're like me, this is what I do. If I see that big text, I start reading the text and I disengage my brain from what the presenter is saying. So I'm focused on what are on the slides and not what is being said. And therefore, why is there a presenter in the room bothering me as I'm trying to read this document? And I think that's a, a, a thing to consider is like, what do I want them to read? What do I want them to pay attention to? And if they're paying attention to my text and not me, why am I there? Now, I think there are cases where you can have more text, and I want to show you an example here. Uh, and this was a very particular use case in, in this particular presentation that I had brought up. I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, it was talking about some research and one of the things I wanted to kind of illustrate is this idea of a persona and thinking about like what kind of experience you might go through, so we walk through an exercise. And so here, let me, uh, let me do it this way. Let's go over here so you can see this a little bit better. We got this persona, and so there's a lot of text in here. And I fully expected people to stop paying attention to me and look at this persona, uh, because what I was doing then is explaining why, who this is and how we were gonna use it throughout the rest of the presentation. So it became a part of an interactive module where saying like, hey, you're gonna look at this piece, I want you to think about this. So I think you gotta just be careful. Of course, everyone knows this, right? Don't put too much text, because frankly, we're having a presentation now about visuals, so we don't want that. So just be thinking about how much you're gonna use text. And then make sure you're designing your text in a way that works for your audience whether they're virtual, whether they're in the room with you, you want your text not, again, we limit the amount of text, but the text that we have, because it can be good for context, it can be good for level setting, good for a lot of reasons, right? Mental memory, once again. But then you want your text to be big, you want it to stand out, and sometimes, I'll admit, I still, I, I have slides that have worked better than others. But you want them to be able to see what is being said on the screen nice and clearly. If I, if this is, let's, for instance, if I can, I think these are actually just images from a a previous build. Uh, But if I were to go in here and make this this text really small and hard to read, and you're at the back of the room and you can't read it, that's a problem. So if you're going to have text, make sure it's readable. The old school rule used to be size 28 font. Now, what I'll say is I think that's still a good guideline for your visuals if you're going to put text on here, but... It really depends on the room, depends on the presentation. If it's, uh, you know, going to be something that's virtual, maybe it's a little less of a big deal to make it 28 or bigger. Um, but it's definitely something I would try to understand the environment you're going to be in as you present your text. So definitely lots about text because text is part, it becomes part of the whole here. So definitely something to think about. Now, the other thing to consider is what well, we're going to, bring out a design principle. It's got a terrible name. You could feel free to rearrange it, uh, but people call it CRAP or C-R-A-P. CRAP or Contrast, Repetition, Alignment, and Proximity. So as you're designing your slides, you might start thinking about what do these things have, you know, where are you putting elements onto your slides? You know, for instance, in one like this, you know, there's not a lot here to design because it's an image I've cut out basically this part here. So it's it's color, the rest is black and white. Our text is, it's close to this, this image. So we get the sense of search. The image, it, there's alignment both kind of from, you can see on the grid, uh, these blue lines here, perhaps you can see those. So there's actual alignment to make sure things make sense. And if you have multiple items For instance, you know, in web design, you might have multiple items and they all align. So that's, you want to think about alignment, the the repetition, you know, like we see here, I've got some elements that repeat that become part of the pattern. We're also using similar colors. Um, You know, the pattern of cutting out part of the image is repeated here. It's like, it gives it a consistent style and approach. Uh, so th- that's good, but you want to make sure you've got this, uh, you know, these, this consistency and this repetition going on. And then proximity, of course, you know, how close is it to the thing that is being talked about? And so you you want to consider that. And I've, I've got another example here, I think, that will be a little bit clearer. Little use those a little bit more. But you think about design elements. You know, when you have multiple things coming up on your screen, things that are close together seem associated. So, for instance you know, this was an, uh, in this presentation, I used a visual, you know, here's the question. And then I had these options here. So the one is in alignment and close to proximity to this one here. And so, you know, it is related. Same with the two and the three and so forth. So you want to be thinking about things and how you're bringing them together. If if the five was way over someplace else, you would can maybe you'd be slightly confused. So now, that works in much more complicated type design situations. However, for presentations, I think it's important as well that you see like what is what is related, what goes together, what doesn't, and use that to help shape your message, to convey information so that when you're you're doing this, it makes a lot of sense. So, for instance, let's look at this particular visual again. I'm highlighting, so I'm using a little color here, but these things are already lumped together by grouping. So, they're they're alignment, they're aligned, there's proximity there, they are using uh, consistency and kind of the approach. So, again, good design really matters. And if if those aren't the principles that you're going to use or want to use, there are way more different design styling and uh, approaches that you can use. That's a very simple one I thought is helpful to bring up here. So, Keep, keep in mind as you're building your slides out, what are the elements that you're going to use and reuse? You know, when someone goes to look at those things, does it make sense to them? Or, you know, like it would be weird and I'm going to switch slides here or slide decks. If you went from this slide that we're seeing on screen now to something that looked more like, say, this, right? Like, whoa, this is a completely different style, different kind of context. I, you know, I don't have the same elements on the screen. What happened? Why are we all of a sudden into this whole other presentation? And so I think that's something, to, again, to consider like that you want a uniformity helps your audience know all these things are going together. So the good news is, as you do this, what you will also find with your visuals is you'll start to want to think about like, do these visuals fit together? Now, this is a different presentation. This was for our TechSmith level up event and we had a video game type theme for that. And so I'm playing some of the visuals will play into that. Um, You'll start to see that there's, there's these elements I'm bringing in to bring consistency. Uh, You know, I'm using this line drawing. This was all done in PowerPoint uh, using a tablet, Uh, but it starts to bring a, a little bit of a different feel than the other presentation. Now they're separate presentations, so there's nothing wrong with that, but it's helping, you know, these things to connect and maybe have that kind of more, uh, fun, uh, vibe, video game kind of vibe connecting in kind of there's retro themes. So it's got some of that going on too. Uh, so, you know, you want to just, again, make sure you're being consistent. If this is a style you want to use, cool. If you want to use, you know, I used a lot of cutouts in here, uh, lots of kind of even some similar type imagery, that seem to relate why video stop viewers use the stop sign. And so you want to to be thinking about all those types of things as you go. Now, one of the things uh, about this particular presentation, this level, what we call, I'll call my level up presentation. If you look at it, it is images with, it's got a footer that is like a 16 bit footer, kind of like a video from a video game, like Mario running on the ground, the ground. (laughs) That's what it looks like. We've got these drawings and again, you know, is is this a good thing or a bad thing? It's got a lot going on in many of these these slides, uh, and some of them are are very useful. But what I'm hoping is is again we want I want to make something memorable, so that when you're coming to a slide and you come back to it, you you know people always ask me for my presentations afterwards. I I, I want them to, be able to look at it and remember what did he talk about. And hopefully it sticks a little bit, right? That the images that you're seeing help like, oh yeah, it was the one with the guy with the crazy beard and the glasses. Now that might not be the case in every situation because there's a lot of them, but hopefully it it makes it stand out. And you're like, yes, that's the one. That I That's why I remember that one being up on the screen as he talked about the topic I want to come back to. The other idea here, and I'll put a link in the show notes to a, a very academic article. Uh, it's very academic, but there's an idea called anchoring. And generally, and and if I get this wrong, uh, I hope my learning science nerd friends will help correct us, but anchoring is the idea that the image that we're using, the things that we're putting up, are again, helping tie that that idea the thing that's being presented back to the visual. So we create this almost mental model that the things that we're talking about associated with this, and you probably already have a lot of things that are anchored in your brain. If I say the word car, you probably think of a, uh, of a maybe a very specific type of car, or at least generally, you think of something that has wheels, it's got a front, it's got a back, it's got doors, it's got a steering wheel. If I say motorcycle, same type of thing. Or if I say or- an orange, like the fruit, you have associations of what that looks like in your head. And so what you want to help your, use your visuals to do is help your audience start to anchor some of these ideas. So if I'm saying like talking about getting better on camera, what are some ideas we could anchor to that? You know, maybe it's like maybe I think our, our guest a couple couple months ago, Diane Howells, talked about like this idea of bleach. It was a great acronym, by the way. And what does that mean? Well, it means cleaning up our background. There's a, uh, it has a whole meaning, uh, but like what what visual? Maybe we have like bleach pouring into a background or something, so that way you can remember the idea that's being again being presented and being shown, and those come together to create a longer lasting kind of connection and understanding about what you're talking about. And this is great from a learning perspective. You know if you're trying to convince someone to do something maybe it's a pitch for a client again for a client or you're trying to inform somebody like hey let's help create those mental models but visuals are really important in that and learning styles are not a thing learning th- I'm going to say it again learning styles are not a thing but what we do know is that the brain is really good at what's called dual encoding right audio audio Kind of visual, the sound intake, and the visual. I can process those things, and so bringing those together in the right ways at the right time can help me in the long term better remember, better recall, better be able to do the things I need to do with that information. Now, it's not one hundred percent. I just just because you've said it and showed them something at the same time doesn't mean it's going to stick. You want to think about kind of what. Uh, there's a great book called Made to Stick by, we can put in the, the description. Uh, but, you know, thinking about how do you get make sticky ideas so that the concept's going to stay with someone. And that's a whole nother topic probably for another day. Okay, so with that said, uh, again, a couple things, best practices, things I like to do is, as you're creating your style, you're going through these things and you're thinking about all the various things you can do. You notice that, you know, you might have a lot that starts to feel very similar as you're pulling in images and things like that. Uh, You occasionally will want to think about the unexpected, the change, the thing that's going to grab someone's attention. So if you're going along a pretty standard presentation, you know, how do you break the model for a second when you really want to dig in and, and cause someone to, like, shift their thinking and, you know... I don't know if I have any really super good examples about that, but one thing I did do, um, and I did it a couple times, and we'll see if this works here since we're in this mode. I'm going to launch this presentation. Yeah, and so one of the things, if you'll notice here, on this particular slide, I didn't use it a lot, but it is moving. So it's actually moving and the color is changing from black and white to color. You're looking through this kind of spy machine, viewing machine, and so it, when this one comes up, it grabs a little bit of attention because it's it's a complete transition from like the staticness of these presentations. Uh, it was a, a simple fact done in PowerPoint um, completely, no no other animation tools, but it just breaks the monotony of kind of the static images, right? And it's just like, oh, whoa, wait a second. Something's moving on screen. And uh, this is actually the perfect, perfect example. You know, this guy, this this picture is ridiculous, right? And it might be something just like you could use something outrageous like this to break the attention of like graph, 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 data, 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 like throw something in, change that mindset, get like grab their attention. And if you do it too much, it's not going to work, but you want to really kind of be thoughtful about that. The other thing you can do, turn off your slides, put a black slide in there. Just, and and maybe that's the time to have conversation. Maybe that's the time to make a point that's very specific that you're like, hey, focus up here. And you don't say that to them, but like, like slides are no longer relevant here. Let's just talk for a second. And so I think there's lots of things that you could do to allow you to be able to really grab the attention. Now, the last thing I want to talk about here, I think is uh, an important topic. It's one that I get asked all the time. There are numerous ways you can get great imagery. You've you've seen some of the imagery. I'm partial to the imagery, you might not like it, you might not like my style, and that's okay, you do you, or as uh, we like to say around here, don't yuck my yum, and I won't yuck yours. Uh, But where can you go get this? One of the places I'll first recommend is the TechSmith Asset Library. You can subscribe to the library. There is some free stuff in there for both Snagit and Camtasia users. But you can also subscribe, it's got uh, tons and tons and tons of stock photography and other assets. There are other reasons, music and other things that you can get out of it, but for this there's some really great images. There's also some video clips if you want to bring video into your presentations. Um, really a great resource. It does cost a little bit, but it is well worth the money if you're a Camtasia and Snagit user because then you can also use it for t- all the other things that it provides for them as well. Uh, There are some free places you can go and get really great, beautiful photography. I'm a fan of grabbing rather than stock images, finding photography that works for my purpose, kind of making it work and uh, rather than being kind of the standard cheesy stock office photos, right? Uh, More real life type photos. Uh, One of those is unsplash.com and I'll put all these in the show notes. So unsplash.com is really uh, so many beautiful photos. I will say it it will take you more time to find the right images because you know what? They're not thinking about what you're thinking about. They're taking just beautiful photos and putting them out there and sharing those. Those are royally free, free to use. Uh, You do not have to give attribution. They suggest it. I I like to include attribution to the the artist just because it put in my my slide notes. Uh, Another one is Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S. Also kind of similar things to unsplash. sometimes they overlap, but not too much. And then Pixabay, Pixabay has a uh, number of images, videos, they have art other art like vector artwork, music, things like that. Uh, another great resource With all these sites, just be mindful, you know you you get what you pay for. Um, except for the Techsmith assets. I can't I can't speak to the others. You know we, we know what that is. Uh, I can't tell you what you're gonna find out of the other ones. I can't tell you about usage rights for those. TechSmith, it's royalty free. Once you've got your subscription, you can you can go use those for for any of your projects. So, uh, so that's that's about it. I mean, a lot here, a lot more you could dig into with using visuals for your your presentations. Hopefully, you found this helpful. Uh, one of the things we're going to be doing, and I'll probably reiterate this over and over for the next five, ten shows, since we're doing things a little different. One of the things we'd like to do at the end of every show is do what we're calling our final take. Okay, my final take for the show is, use visuals in a way that are gonna uh, draw attention but not distract from what you're saying. Limit your text, but bring in images and imagery that will help your audience to really connect to what it is that you're saying without taking away from it and without having it be the only thing they have to see. So it's a presentation, we wanna hear you and we want them to have something to connect to as you're talking about the thing that you're talking about. So, that could be a lot of different ways to do that. There's no one way that is correct, but make sure it works for your audience and in the circumstances you are in. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up today's show. We want to thank everybody for tuning in, watching. Hopefully you like the new process. We will be back with another episode soon. In the meantime, we invite you to subscribe to the YouTube channel or download the the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, where most of them, uh, we'd love to have you leave a comment, rate the show on any of the podcasting platforms. If you do that and you you let us know and you can send us a screenshot, Maybe something's in it for you. And you can always email us, comments, questions, or those reviews at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. And as we like to end the show, still, as always, wherever you are, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, we hope you take a little bit of time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody.